0: This podcast is produced by The Brand Is Female. Hi, I'm Mungi. Welcome to the Everyday Ubuntu podcast.
1: To imagine that we're in this moment of transformative change um, from a technological standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a health standpoint, um, there is this real amazing opportunity right now for all of us to understand the shared sacrifice that we have.
0: This week, I have two guests on the pod, twin brothers, Byron and Dexter Peart. The Peart brothers are designers and creative directors who embarked on a new mission in 2017 and started Goody. Goody is a marketplace offering sustainable solutions for modern living. In addition to championing causes close to their hearts through Goody. Another theme you'll notice in our conversation is the importance of family. Something I think we can all agree. We have learned to cherish a bit more over the past year. Feel free to scroll through the Goody website as you listen to this episode. You'll find yourself adding to your shopping cart nonstop. Byron and Dexter, thank you so much for joining me on Everyday Ubuntu. Um, I wanted to start by asking you the question that I ask all my guests, and it comes from my mother. She says that our resumes are not a full explanation of who we are as a person. And so I'm wondering what is missing from both of your very impressive resumes that you think people should know about you?
1: Well, it's Dexter here, and and so, thanks so much for having us on the show. This is really exciting. Um, I think that um, the one thing that probably is missing from our resume, which I, won't, I we're Canadian, so I, I think we're sometimes a little bit modest, but the one thing that I would say is missing is just this um, this idea of how important family is to us. And so when I'm thinking about the thing that guides us and grounds us, it's really family. And so people know us as business people, they probably know us as um, people in fashion and style and design, but what they don't know is how close and how important our family is to us.
2: Yeah, I, I would probably say something uh, quite similar, but, but different in that um, I think I would say, uh, that's probably not in the resume is, is um, is a level of activism, and I think that I say that because I think Dexter and I, uh, our approach is, is it's it's more humble, more Canadian, and more quiet. But we really see that and 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 feel that through the power of our family, the way that we were raised, that the fact that we're identical twins, that we we have been kind of blessed with a with a with a power and an opportunity to make change. And I think that all of the the one thing that while our work from from the outside layer looks that it's um um been quite successful to some degree, I think what we've always been trying to do is to really make change and, and, and to be more active inside our communities and inside how, how people understand the world and, and how they connect to the world. So that's, um, yeah, I'd probably say that.
0: Well, you guys may need to teach um, us Americans a little bit about the, you know, the modesty <laughs> side of things a bit more. Um, I'd love to jump in and ask, how did being the sons of Jamaican immigrants in Canada impact each of you?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, with Dexter here, I'll go first again. And it probably um feeds right where Barron was and as twins, we usually um think in the same way. But, you know, um I think that activism that Barn was just speaking about very much comes from our parents as well, too. Um, even if they weren't completely overt with their activism. We grew up um from a very young age, and we're four boys. Barn and I are the um the two youngest twins. Um, if I can just digress for a second. So my mom. Only had brothers, and all she wanted was a girl. And so she had um, two boys. And then she said to my dad, Let's try one more time because she really wanted a girl desperately. And then she got the two of us. So, (laughs) 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 so
2: so we weren't exactly,
1: yeah, it was a surprise. We weren't exactly what she was looking for at the time, but I think she's she's grown to love us dearly. But, um, but the point is, is that, um, everything we've learned in so many ways that we've learned from them. And I think that their Jamaican background, but also their curiosity um, and knowledge and intelligence um, to leave Jamaica and try to build a new life for themselves in Canada really informs who we've become as four boys. And um, we learned from a very young age um, as Jamaican Canadians or Canadian Jamaicans that um, not everything was just sort of given to us. and, And we really had to understand that um, my parents made a tremendous amount of sacrifices in their lives. And those are sacrifices that we've understood. um, And and we sort of want to carry that sacrifice as we move forward in our own lives as well, too.
0: I mean, speaking sort of of that activism and sacrifice, so you two are designers and creative directors, but then in 2017, you also became founders of Goody. And so I'm wondering if you could tell us more about that origin story.
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, prior to that, I mean, Dexter and I, uh, but another probably connection back to the parents. Uh, also, so, um, from an immigrant family, is probably a, a bit of a story that some of us or your audience might know all too well. Our parents were were quite academic. Our mothers are microbiologists. Our fathers an economist. and they um, were. And when and we all have this kind of Dexter was talking about the brothers. We all ended up working in some element of design. Our eldest brother is an architect. Uh, Dexter and I are obviously in, in designers and creative directors, and our middle brother is actually working. With uh, kids' furniture, high-end design as well too. So, but we all have these um, educations that were. I, I, that's why I digress for a second. Is that growing up, while there's no tracing of where this design acumen came from with our parents, but they were like, "Get a good education, and then you guys could do whatever it is that you want to do." And we all went um, and 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 did extensive higher education, and our so our origin story was in that is that Dexter and I I think we always knew that we wanted to work in design. Uh, We both went and got uh, business and economics degrees as well, too, and use this kind of left brain and right brain was like, how could we be creators on one end, but then really look at the business and the economy of trade at the same time as well, too. And I think that makes us put us in a unique area, especially as young um, black um, men and, and, and kids was to be able to say, how could we go out and build business? And what we did for 20 years prior to this is that we founded a company that was actually um, in the, a leader in the fashion space um, and from so for about 18 years. So when you were talking about 2017, from 1999, before that, we had been importing brands from around the world and bringing them to North America and also created our own brand of accessories, a luxury brand that was available in high end stores it's called Want Les Essentiels. Uh, it was available in japan and in 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 china and south africa in 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 all around europe and uh, and all across the us and in the in the in some of the finest boutiques and we were one of few there were not many um black designers or creative directors in 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 say the 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 90s and 2000s who were positioned in this space and then we ended up selling that company and starting Goody and realizing that we had an influence we had a um, that the way we saw design and how design has a has a power to change and 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 change minds and and taste. We wanted to take that on and and bring in a, a very important element of sustainability into our conversation, and that's where Goody started from. So, yeah, we we have um, uh, our education is it has been a huge part of of understanding business, understanding how creating opportunity for others. Um, to make change. And and Goody is effectively that. We launched, um, I guess, for your audience who doesn't know, Goody is an online marketplace for ethical um, and sustainable design products for the home and for your life that uh, is really at the center of of changing people's ideas around what sustainability means, uh, educating people around that as well, too, in terms of the products that they bring into their lives and how these products, who makes them um how they're made and how they can add value to your life and to the and to the community and to the planet is core and 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 paramount to what it is that we do at, at goodies so it's an exciting place we have um uh, thousands of products from from around 25 different countries around the world that are all uh, makers that are doing really really exciting work and we want to spotlight and highlight them and bring them into one um, one common destination to make it easier for consumers to discover them, and also easier for makers to find um, common companies that that share their values and and can all work together with uh, with with common purpose.
0: And you're wearing the goody hoodie right now too. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: For, for yeah, I'm wearing, wearing a goodie <laughs> hoodie that we have made in collaboration with a super uh, brand called Cotton. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I've been browsing the site. Don't you worry. (laughs) Um, So I was I was as I was browsing and reading part of Goody's model is sort of inspired by the U.N. Sustainable Development Goals. And so I wonder how you make sure to stick to such a standard. You know, is is that difficult?
1: Yeah, I I would say that the the concept is easy and difficult at the same time, if if you can really say that. I mean, I think that one of the things that is Mm -hmm. really important and when when we sort of look at the SDGs as a guideline. One of the SDGs, which is Sustainable Development Goal number 12, has really been a guideline for us. So it's about responsible consumption and responsible pr- production. And so you said you spent some time on the site. And um, when you just sort of think of these two kind of concentric circles of uh, you know, what does it mean for their for companies and businesses to think very responsibly about how they produce and then think about the consumer and how does a consumer think responsibly responsibly about how they consume. And very much the way we see Goody, but also I think in a lot of ways the way we see commerce in general is about how do we bring together these notions of people really looking ahead and looking forward to just be more responsible. And so we talk about words like sustainability, which I think in some times can be opaque. But when we think about responsible, it's actually relatively easy concept for people when they have a chance to make a choice, to just try to make a more responsible choice. And asking that of a consumer and asking that of a producer, in theory, should not be very hard. Technically, it's quite difficult and it takes more time and it obviously takes teams that rally around it. But that's what we are trying very much to advocate for is people being more responsible, uh, making better choices, hopefully buying less and buying better. And that's something that we're really focused on as an organization and trying to help people through that in their day to day lives.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I think it's like once you've decided what your standard is, it's it's easy to. To then work towards that instead of having to always change based on circumstances, so I get that. Very, very much so. What does the community that you're trying to build look like to the two of you?
2: Um, I, I'd say I'd say first of all, it's an it's an optimistic community. Um, it's it, and I think of where we started um, before we got on on the recorded call, Mungi, is that um, I think this is, these are people who uh, who feel that they have the power to make change um in, in whether that's in how they produce something or how they, they 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 buy it or gift it um they they're 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 not a a a, a community of people who just want to sit back and, and and let the the world move around them right so I, I think that this is a community also of creatives and i think creatives think in that way when 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 um a, a, i think a creative who approaches their work whether it's a, a written work a, um or or a song or, or or art is ultimately that there's a, a means of communication through it and and that 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 narrative that carries through things as well too so um i think creatives who feel that a change or storytellers who feel that there's a narrative that is is untold this is our community and i think it's a community of people who who want to discover stories and products that they would not automatically find in in just a very kind of general or or, or mass way and that level of of to actually use the word that we're curious before, but that level of discipline that we use to make sure that we could inspire, um, people in, in, in terms of, 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 of finding, um, stories, uh, products and making a relationship to the meaning of those of those things. So it's not just like, okay, now you discovered this basket, but this basket is so much more profound than what you see in two dimensions on, 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 a, on an e-commerce site. There's so much um, wealth and richness to the people and the stories. And I, and I think an audience that's open to that is our consumer, 100%. Our, well, consumers is a weird way to say it. it's just our universe. This is our ecosystem of people that we want to we want to engage together. In. And that's why it's important on the platform for us to share stories that someone could come onto the site—it's not just about coming and, and and buying something. It's really about coming and 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 discovering and exchanging ideas together with it with with this Goody community.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, then that makes me wonder: How has COVID-19 sort of affected Goody, or has it?
1: Well, I, I think that the other piece to Barn and, and and myself is that uh, as much as we're curious, I think we're also sort of these voracious um, travelers, for for lack of a better term. I mean, we love to be out. I mean, we've been traveling the world for the better part of twenty years. Um, you know, going into these corners and pockets and and neighborhoods and and really to sort of discover new ideas, new concepts, new designs, and, and meet people um, out into the into the world and. and There's no doubt that we found ourselves very much at home. Um, It's given us the ability to be able to reflect a little bit more as a business, um, learn how to do business in a different way that you can, ironically, Barn was talking about, you know, that we're dealing with with, um, makers and artists and artisans in 25 countries right now. Actually, in a lot of ways, we're actually more efficient in our way to be able to communicate um, with these people now. You know, it used to be reflective for us to just, Get on a plane and go. And now instead, I think we've been on the phone um, on a almost bi-weekly basis with one of our partners in Ghana, you know, which would never have been possible, you know, physically. And then so in a lot of ways, we're actually more in touch um, in a lot of ways as a company, mm-hmm. um, which is very exciting. But at the same time, I think um, what COVID has hopefully shown the world um, is that there is this, this um this moment in time, and I don't know if there's been many, Bar and I are 48 now, but I can't think of too many, when the whole world has seen one thing have an effect on all of us. And I'd like to think, you know, in a, in a hopeful way that there is a level of shared sacrifice, there is a level of shared understanding um, from a moment like COVID-19, where people have that opportunity to understand that um, that um, there's a, a high level of inequity, that um, the world is not the same for everyone, and and yet, um, you know a lot of this pain and suffering um is is universal as well too so it's um it's a moment of humility actually in a lot of ways for for us as a, as a company but also for barn and myself as people as well too
2: yeah and i just want to add to that um the the other side of the reflection is that and i think in line with your question mungi is the um, the level of attention that Goody has received o- over the last nine months has been notable. And, and we uh, with the flip side of being that to be currently um, living through a pandemic, living through all the significant racial strife, a climate emergency, and then realizing that what we had set out to do uh, resonates more than ever with 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 the community has been has been rewarding for Goody as well, too. We are it, it has been a tremendous um, uh, platform for, for what we're doing people, um, as Dexter mentioned, who were at home and we were in the business of an online home, um, e-commerce site, and, and they were not able to go to stores and they were reimagining their environments and that the things that were literally physically surrounding them and how much joy those bring to them. Um, that was a catalyst to people coming in to see what it is that we're doing and, and how, um, bringing these types of products into their lives, um, and into their narratives could help change and help them find comfort in what was otherwise a very discomforting time and moment and uh, and so the we don't take it for granted that they this has been an opportunity They're on one side of the covid-19 crisis but really also the awareness around black owned brands to think there's not that many um black owned businesses in the in the furniture and design business globally, let alone uh, running a marketplace um out of north uh, I, I, out of north america. it it has been an, a, a tremendous spotlighting on what we're doing. and we feel an even greater responsibility that and uh, as as we've found this acceleration in our business as well to to continue to heighten and and um and strengthen what it is that we're doing because because the the we have an audience that's paying attention and we're very excited about that. And, and and the humble Canadians have to deliver. That's just, that's where we're at right now.
0: <laughs> well, you guys are delivering right now.
2: Thank you. Um,
0: so as someone with a brother who I know that I could not work with, I'm sure you've never gotten this question before. What is it like working with your twin brother?
1: Never heard, the, never heard the question before, ever. I'm very, I'm
0: very original in my questioning, let me tell you. Your, your, questions, your
1: questions have been absolutely great. But, um, I mean, uh, I'll go first. I, it, it's funny that we we started um, this chat talking about family and the importance of family and, and just thinking about, um, you know, going through life and, and I think in a lot of ways, life is very much about um, managing and breaking through fear. Um, you know, these, these fears of the unknown, fears of failure, um, fears of, of anything in life. And, and to be able to go through life very much with my best friend and also my twin brother, um, who helps, you know, in all those moments when you have the audacity to believe that you can do something, or you have the fear to believe that you can't. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful sort of additional power, uh, an extra cape on our back sometimes to when you have someone who's next to you, who believes in you, Um, and, but also who, who is going to challenge you in, in all of those, you know, questions or ideas. It's, it's a really powerful, um, thing. I I think that Barn and I wake up in the mornings feeling very blessed by, um, by our partnership in life that we've sort of gone through every moment of our 48 years together. We're extremely close. Um, we fight like an old married couple. Um, there's no (laughs) doubt. Um, and, and, and anyone who's around us knows that, um, uh, we bicker like, like, um, like, like a very old married couple. Um, so, yeah, but it's it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful gift. Uh, it's a gift that I think my parents um, knew very early. Um, it's something that from a very early age, um, they recognized that um, this gift of twinship, but also the closest that we had as brothers it was very special. And I think it's something that they helped you to, to sort of make sure that that was something that was always with us and, and <clears throat> carried with us um, through the rest of our lives. And that's little Hugo in the background um, introducing himself to the to the podcast.
2: <laughs> hey Hugo. <laughs> hey Hugo. The reality of the reality of the of the of the new world of, of uh, work from home. Um, yeah, I think I I really can't really add much. And that's probably one of the other things about about being twins, um, and working together is that Dexter and I are just so totally aligned in our thinking. We are not the same person. We actually are are, are, are quite. Um, differences, quite a few differences and nuances in, in our, in ourselves, but we are so connected and in tune. And I thought how you started that Mungi, about you having a brother, um, and thinking about how you could work together. I, ironically, we also have two older brothers and I'm not sure that I would work with either of them, like, so even that, <laughs> right. not, I think that the level of, um, the connection between sibling and brother, and then sibling and twin is just so profound. And and it's not every. Dexter and I, by being the nature of being twins, we've met several twins over our lifetime and it's, it's not all twins are like this, it's, it's not an anomaly either, but um, we, I think we early on, and Dexter was absolutely right that our parents really uh, promoted and encouraged it. We just felt this complete union. That sometimes we still question ourselves, like how could we just be brothers only because we're in business together? Like, and then it's like you want to separate and almost be business partners and they be brothers, but it's so intertwined, um, and that works for us. And it, it's been, and we we see it as a superpower, as that that we're so fortunate and and so blessed to be able to have this, that um, that's changing up this switching up the system at this point would would probably and with the funny last point there is that when we exited our former business Dexter actually came to me and said you know if we're ever going to not work together again this is our moment like it was 2017 <laughs> like we had the extra <laughs> and we could have we could have gone this is your out. we could have just said and then we both we both kind of committed to go back in together but we, we there was the chance there was a moment after 20 years of working together where if you wanted to take exit through the gift shop, then uh, yeah, we could have done it, but we chose not to. So we're still we're still stuck at the hip.
0: Well, okay. So Dexter, you mentioned, you know, the, the fear of life and going through life. And so I, I think one of the things we deal with in life is obviously tough moments, whether it's about fear or just the unknown. And I wonder if there is a quote or a phrase or mantra or faith that sustains you in these tough moments, obviously from what I've heard the two of you sustain each other, but you know, are there times when there's just something where you need to look inside yourself that really keeps you going?
1: yeah, I, um it's it's a it's a great question and and I think that um, you know in personally, as i and and I feel I don't want to be um. And just sort of saying the same thing over and over again. But I think personally, you know, we sort of find that faith in family, as I said before. Um, And there's no doubt that I find that faith um, in my relationship, my brother and my wife and my kids um, as well, too. So. And um, I think that we we lean on family in these in these very difficult moments that we've always had. I think if I think about what's the very first thing I do is we run to family. Um, it's just sort of seems like it's been a, a recurring element in business, which will answer the question in a completely different way. Um, you know, Bar and I were born in 1972. Um, we live in this very special um, building called Habitat 67 in Montreal that was built for the World's Fair in 1967. And um, it very much in our business world and going back to that conversation that we were having about curiosity um there was a theme for the world's fair in 1967 and the theme for the world's fair in munch Mont- here in montreal um was man in his world and it was really all about this idea in the 60s um and we were born 72 so I, I am maybe romanticizing it a little <laughs> bit because it was sort of before my time but the idea was very much conceptually about that the world is changing and where do we find ourselves in this world? Um, How do we um, discover in in an interesting way? How do we produce in an interesting way? And it's kind of, um, for me, in so many ways, um, I feel very much that we've always been in that moment, very um, questioning the times that we're in, questioning a lot of these um, macro and micro forces that are around us, and trying to figure out, like, where is our place in the world? And I think it's kind of, and um, if somebody said to me, what's my life's work, it's really about trying to understand, you know, what my impact is and, and how we were sort of delivered this opportunity in our lives because our parents brought us to Canada. And then afterwards, we've obviously had this business that we're working on right now as well, too. And I very much think about, um, you know, where is our place in the world and how do we elevate um, our position to be able to make the world feel a little bit better. And very much Goody is about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Goody is exercise or challenge and um, trying to promote a kinder, smarter, more beautiful world. Um, it's an exercise that is our personal exercise as well, too. So it means that there's not this dichotomy between how we wake up in the day and sort of how um, and what we do at work. And so I think it's an interesting sort of um, it's an interesting lens to sort of look through life, and it's something that we lean on very much. And so there's there is this this um, this theme that, that talks really very much about um, you know man and his struggle and how he's going to um, you know deliver his impact on the world. And it's something that we refer to all the time. I think every company we started, we started it with this quote um, from from Expo sixty seven, and I think it will be a quote that lives with me for the rest of my life.
2: We actually are right now with Goody, um, Dexter, and I. Um, we come up with these. Uh, themes together with our editorial team and we build our whole stories around um, big ideas and actually um, right now since we were since November we started an editorial series around the art of giving and um, it was really interesting for us because we wanted to kind of reframe this whole notion of giving and 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 uh, and giving selflessly and there there is a quote that when we started looking at the idea of giving and, and really thinking about the kind of contributors we wanted to, to bring in, and we, there's a quote that we've always um, connected to a Mandela quote that, uh, and I'm, 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 I feel embarrassed because I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to um, uh, crop it up, but it, it, it to the effect of that there's no greater gift um, than giving one's time and energy um, for others without expecting anything in return, and. This is really paramount and, uh, to, to, um, and consequential to, I think, how Dexter and I think, and is that uh, and, and is that there's a world of, of givers and takers, and I think that this notion of giving and we, so the act was often through a gift, but it's about giving selflessly day in and day out, and how these areas of giving, whether it's giving one's time, whether it's giving one's energy, um, whether it's giving uh, a moment to comfort someone in a time of need. That this selflessness is, I think, a lot of what we've lost—the connection to to selflessness and empathy—and um, we are very encouraged to cr- to create a, a space and environment where giving and uh, the value of giving is is really central to to how how people think and and what they what they care about—and and I think that's something that's very strongly connected to us—and and and I think there's there's sometimes these these ideas that are are that are simple simplistic. Cause we take them for granted, but they're really, it's the daily act of, of giving and, 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 and kindness, um, is, is a lot harder. And I think that we, we get lost inside of it in our daily routines as
0: well. Too. That's, you know, the, that daily act is, it's very Ubuntu of you because it's about, I think like every day, like taking note of like how you walk in the world and how you interact with the people. So that is, that is you guys practicing Ubuntu, even if you didn't know it
1: we didn't know it but we're very happy now <laughs>
0: um i wonder how you think conscious commerce will transform the world
1: yeah uh, i mean you know, i think maybe i was i spoke about that a little bit um before but i i think that um without it the world just doesn't get transformed in in, in a lot of ways um this is this will have to become our reality if we if we want to, as a society, and that's from a global standpoint, but at, at the most local level as well, too, we all will have to realize either from the hard way or the easy way um, that we just cannot just keep taking from the world. and 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 so we need to only take out what can be replenished. We have to minimize um, you know, what our needs are um, or what our wants are, I should say, and really sort of focus on only the things that we need. And, and, and I think that moving into this um, concept, which is very real of, of wanting to make better choices and, and sort of buying less, but buying better is a, is a notion that I think uh, as a society, we're gonna have to just come to, I think the, the people that help people get there are gonna be the ones who are playing the largest and strongest role to make that happen. Because I think we're well past the time when we can just expect that people will make a better choice. Mm -hmm. I think that they need help to make a better choice. I think we have to recognize that the last 50 or 60 years of how we've produced and and how we have commercialized product has made it very hard and very opaque for people to try to make a better decision um i've got two kids you know seven and ten and you think about all those sugary drinks that uh, that uh, kids used to have and, and then you think of you know um people just being more educated and i think um barn and i are very hopeful that if people are presented with two options and one of them you know is lighter on the planet and and more responsible to the people who make it or another product that does not have those those um, qualities that they'll make the better choice and in but they need to be presented both options and i think right now they're presented one um with a lot of glitz and glamour and and low prices and easy delivery to the back of their trunk in in less than 30 minutes Um, and we have to present something else that feels um even more interesting remarkable valuable and permanent
0: what I also really liked about Goody is the brands featured on your site indicate the key causes that they champion. Um, and I'm wondering what are the causes closest to your hearts?
2: I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. It was actually interesting cause you were asking about the SDGs before. And I think it was quite conscious for Dexter and myself to say, Um, we want to be inspired, but we wanted to create Goody with its own framework. Mm -hmm. So we actually came up with nine causes. Um, it's now 12 and just for, for the audience, if they're not on on the site and they run the gamut of, of gender equality, um, artisan craft, um, supporting marginalized communities, um, circular economy, uh, recycled, uh, materials and the like, and what we wanted to do. And I think Dexter was absolutely right, was to provide the information. So people could could know more. Like that information is really power, and without it, if we don't kind of bring in that that um, that not just a narrative, but give people the context of why this matters, because that's really the question that you're 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 resolving is why um, should you know about this, and, and and how could you make it make a difference? That was critical to us. So it's twelve, and then what um, what we I think what we've done successfully with these causes is to kind of say that if a company is, for instance, working with recycled materials, that what they're doing adds value, but another company who's working to ensure that that they're making an effect on a local community um, with with artisans or craftsmen, that it's all democratized. And I think one of the things that have happened over this kind of conversation around sustainability and conscious consumption is that the communication ends up being narrow because it seems like it's the easiest way to have the conversation is, okay, we don't use plastic anymore or we package this way. And what we wanted to do at Goody was look in a much more holistic Mm -hmm. way at at, at the effect of of, of, from one side, from social impact, but then also environmental impact and then how these are all connected together. And I think that now more than ever this year, this recognition of the connectivity between um, environmental impact and social, when you have racial unrest that has a direct effect on the health and security of, of individuals, which has a direct effect on their ability to grow um, far, uh, crops or agriculture and the like, it's all in unison. And I think what we're aiming to do is to enlarge the conversation around what makes people making a good product and, and how people can make better choices in, in the way that they consume. So um, and to long way around to your question, I can't choose one, I think it, it's by design. That we that we've that we've chosen several, and and I think that that enlightens the conversation in, in 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 a in a more more nuanced and more interesting way.
0: No, I I agree. My you know my listeners will probably be annoyed to hear this again, but my mom always says that like all fights for justice are interconnected, so it makes sense that you can't choose one. Who are some of the people who have inspired each of you?
1: Well, mine mine's going to be give away to anyone who who knows me in the audience but but um i think um i mean there's there's a few but i think barack obama is probably is probably very much and i don't think i would be alone in this one but he's very much an idol um of mine but i think when when i think about the people that have inspired me the most it's the ones that somehow or another they're kind of normal people. I'm um, very much your mother. I'm sure it's her, it's her story as well too. But they have this outsized potential as just one human, and I find that you know, obviously, you know, we think of people like Gandhi, we think of people like Mandela, we think of um, you know these these great names, but they're also just regular people. And so, when you think about this idea of one person having the power to make great and sustainable, lasting impact. I think it's always been a driving um, feature of Barne and myself. And the fact that we're actually two (laughs) should suggest that we could do more. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm I'm amazed by the power of one is how I would answer that question. And so um, today that person happens to be um, very much Barack Obama for me, Um, but I think that there's so many people. The list is long of people that inspire us, encourage us, um, and remind us that you know, in our own little worlds, that we can affect change one on one in our local communities, but also um, writ large globally.
2: I, and I mean, I, I it's uh, I feel like I, um, I I don't know how I could not say, but it, again, Dexter touched on it so many times already about family. But there's no question that my greatest, and and I think I think I could clearly speak for Dexter as well. Inspiration is our parents, and really, at the end of the day, um, I think we had a, a few moments before Mugi to speak. I mean, we're we're speaking to you today. From Montreal, Canada, it's about. I mean, I, and I don't know if how much your audience knows it was Celsius, but as well too. But the um, where it's about minus five degrees, full snow and ice on on the lake outside of our window. And our parents moved up here in the late '50s and early '60s from from warm Jamaica uh, to create a life of opportunity for themselves at the time, and 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 eventually for their for their kids. And and I and Dexter mentioned sacrifice before. I can't think ever that and maybe that's the humility again, but when, when I kind of take these steps in my life day in and day out, I'm always in awe of the choices that that our parents made before us. And, and I'm constantly, I think, trying to just live up to the vision and, 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 um, uh, that they set out and and to Dexter's point of, of all of the greatest and fullest potential that we had, um, to provide to the people, to ourselves and also to the people that, that are around us and, and, and the world writ large. So, um, there's no question they, they. They continue to be, we're very fortunate at 87 and 83 that they're both still with us. Um, so we get that wisdom um, day in and day out still uh, and 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 we treasure it greatly. So yeah, greatest inspirations in the world, no question.
0: I love that. I love when it's family. Um, so these are the two questions that I ask all my guests. Um, always very interested to hear answers. What is your greatest fear for humanity?
1: I think that's that we miss the moment. Um, I think we've done it so many times in the past. I've got a, two young girls, as I said before, um, daughters seven and ten. Um, you know, as as young girls, you, 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 we spend a lot of our time in the family trying to create a world that's going to look and feel better um, for them. I think that there's a moment right now where um, there's an opportunity for equality, for for young girls, I think there's an opportunity for um, the planet to to have a little less suffering. It sounds so big and sometimes so opaque, but it is clear, um, you know, in this very moment right now, I think, um, you know, it's, it's emblematic of a lot of things that are happening in the United States right now as well, too, not that that's the world, but to imagine that we're in this moment of transformative change um, from a technological standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a health standpoint. Um, there is this real amazing opportunity right now for all of us to understand the shared sacrifice that we have. Um, and I think that humanity has missed these moments a lot of times, but sometimes they get it. I'm a, <laughs> my biggest fear is that, is that we won't recognize that this is a real opportunity for us to, to learn from a lot of mistakes that we've had in the past and to try to just do better.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, very well said, Dex. And I, and I think that that whole idea of not um, that greatest fear is not it not being totally obvious that we're watching history repeat itself and not learning from the past. So I, and I think that is is really the whether it's the opportunity of this moment right now. And and again, and we're, we're at the top of the call. Like, I mean, I, I can't Keep looking at what what happened. I mean, the timeline for us to have this conversation today, and not making a, a, a connection with this sheer nature of that. There, the relationship of now is related to the '60s, is related to mid 1800s, and and the 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 blindness to not recognize the the these lines um, and the the recurrence of them that that are coming from from areas where where as people we we don't come to grips with our history. We 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 don't um address the the shame um come to a resolution about our past i think as long as we're still thinking that way my greatest fear is that we um we have a tendency as humans to only look uh, to, to not come to grips with our with our with our darkest days and i think that right now um this it, there's a reconciliation that needs to happen in the US specifically but globally as well too with the past and seeing that and not expecting that we're always in some kind of forward motion of, uh, of, of, of positive development because it, we, te- we go back and forth in cycles. And I think we're in a, in, in, in a moment right now that if, if, if not looked at in, in, in the most serious of ways we could find ourselves in, in even darker days ahead. So that's what I fear. All
0: right. No, that's, that's, that's something that Mandela said to South Africans. is like, you can't have the South Africa of Mandela if you don't have the South Africa of like Eugene de Kock and like the people who, yeah. you know, all these harms. You can't have the good without the bad yeah. and acknowledging that. So 100%. Yeah. To end on a bit of a nicer note, what is your greatest hope for humanity?
2: No, I, my, my greatest hope um is... I'm actually I'm I'm reading on a, this another recommendation I owe it completely to my brother and and every I guess major journalist who who wrote about it over the last months um, in the top book of the year but my our, our oldest brother um, uh, bought uh, each of us um, editions of Cast and I I've been uh, I'm in deep 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 in, in, in it and I'm, I'm, I'm in it quickly and I I think my greatest hope is that again and related to my last response is just a recognition, and I don't know how, what, and I think Dexter was right, there has to be a breaking point where we all recognize that we are all one people. And I think that my greatest hope is that it, it that the sooner that we recognize that these constructs, that we are 99.9% the same, these constructs of race, these constructs of, of of inequity have been built around us, right, like it's that this is not, these are, there's there's nothing innate about these ideas it's that they were formulated over the last uh, centuries and that we can break these these chains for lack of a, is is where I'm hopeful for. And I I do believe I I will end that on when the whole Black Lives Matter movement came to a full front this summer, Um, Dexter and I had a call with our parents. I remember, and I think I'll remember it vividly. And we were just trying to understand how close this was to what they experienced in the 60s um, in the civil rights movement. And I still remember, which I cannot believe, but our mother said that she thinks that this is even more profound of a moment in history right now than what that was then. And that was her, uh, somewhat of her foresight. And I think that, and I think Dexter was, uh, was absolutely right there, is that the opportunity of this moment right now is to make real long lasting change, um, legal systems, um, healthcare systems, world uh, connectivity is so great right now and and i'm hopeful that there's enough people that see the wrongs of the past and are willing to make that change right now that's what i'm hopeful for i think we might be more there there's a cynicism in me that i had last year that after 2020 with all that's gone wrong i have even more optimism that we might get it right this time
1: yeah my yeah, mine's gonna, mine's gonna be a, a lot um, a lot simpler is that, I guess that, that my greatest hope is that, is that hope wins over fear. I think that's my hope and, and, I, and I don't know it will, but um, we're really in this amazing moment where I think being hopeful about what the future can deliver for humanity is a better exercise than being fearful.
2: And we're fortunate enough to have a, 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 a next generation who believes exactly in that. So that, I mean, I guess the most the ho- most hopeful we could be is that the next generation is thinking that way as well, too. We believe. Generation. Generation, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, thank you both so much for speaking with me today. I really enjoyed it um, and would love to keep talking. So look out. I'd probably be emailing both of you. <laughs> We'd
2: love that. We'd love that. Well, we're here. I thought we're honestly such, such a pleasure um, to, and, and congrats on all the great work that you're doing and elevating conversations like this. Um, there it, it takes, it's going to take many change leaders like yourself needed you to, to make the difference and, and we implore you and encourage you to keep, keep on the path and journey you're going. So let's yeah. absolutely stay connected and, and, and same for anyone in your audience as well. Um, we, we can't do this alone. There's no question.
0: Absolutely not. Thank you so much, both of you. All the best. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. And don't forget to hit subscribe and give the show a rating and review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Follow me at moongi.ngomane on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback on the show. I'll be back in a week with a new episode. Thank you for listening to Everyday Ubuntu.